0: you can't change the past and you can't change the present because the present has already manifest it's like if you've looked at the present as a screenshot like a, a photo or something you can't actually change anything on the photo because it's already manifest like he says what people do though is they get stuck in And like if reality were a movie people get stuck in the movie they don't ever their their mind doesn't detach from the movie for a little bit and then think independently of the movie and the script in the movie it's like it's like they get this, they're just identified with the physical. They are identified with their role, which is dictated by the script. And the script was set for these people because they're trained to be slaves. The social engineers are writing the script for their life. And because they don't know how to take the reins, the average Joe, they've been programmed not to be sovereign and not to direct their own fate. So they end up by default just Whatever script the dark occultists write for them, they sure enough, because they, they're not t- taking the reins of their own movie in reality.
1: The children of this world are owed a liberty from the slavery that you are able to comprehend. This is the most Welcome. This is Chris Jansen. I'm here with the End Evil podcast, um, reaching out to people who are fellow people who care about truth, who care about freedom, and um, who are working on spreading love in the world, trying to make things a better place and deal with this problem of evil that has inundated our world. Today, I have with me a special guest, um, someone I met on the internet, Nathan Crabtree. Thanks for coming, Nate. Nathan?
0: yeah thanks for having me on uh love to be on a podcast titled end evil that's exactly my style so
1: yeah um it's neat recently being able to meet a few people i've been getting a little more active online and then finding oh my gosh i'm not the only one who sees this evil in the world you know there's others too and so um
0: right i've been aware of it for quite a while i'm sure you have uh I I think we both have listened to quite a bit of Mark Passio. Um, I can tell from your shirt.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He's I my was, major influence.
0: Yeah, he would be my main motivator. Um, I had encountered Larkin Rose before that because I I had been questioning things on my own for quite a while, because uh, the first thing that made me start questioning stuff was, in uh, college I uh, started smoking cannabis, right, and uh, that was you know illegal so uh i realized at that point that there's these mortal enemies driving around that were out to ruin my life hmm. and you know they there was the the school i was at um they were also against cannabis and so they would like try to get you in trouble and ruin your life again if if they caught you smoking cannabis i was like these people are completely insane this something's seriously wrong with reality for, for this to even be
1: a thing. Yeah. yeah, just that's it's funny hard. too because it's like such a stupid thing, like even at that age, it was like, how could anybody possibly imagine, you know, putting me in a jail or locking me up just because I have this freaking plant, you know, that really it's there's nothing it does that's bad. I can't even think, well, what's the freaking bad part, you know? It's not like you go crazy and do crazy things. If anything, you're more cautious, you know, <laughs> when you're, you're high.
0: Really for sure when you use it i mean i i've i have a lot of experience with it you can take it to an extreme to the point where there can be balancing forces but it's not like you know some sort of violent you don't just act out violently or anything you know you might you might get a little bit lazy or you know you might get a little bit paranoid if you take it too far but in, in today's
1: world you can't be paranoid enough i think you know and what's one one thing really funny that i think about 2020 is in a way the uh, tables have turned you know for years among my group of friends and people that know me i'm the paranoid one you know and here now i feel like i'm the one that's being sane and saying let's just go about our business and they're being paranoid about this illness situation you know completely wacky yeah. from my point of view it's
0: uh, laughable to me i mean i see people uh, in my city wearing masks like it's to the point now where it's like if you go to the grocery store everyone there except for me is wearing masks mask and you know that's like 20 people and it's just like do these people uh ever think for themselves at all
1: <laughs> Have uh, had,
0: the uh, last time they had a, an original thought like
1: It's scary, man, because a lot of them, what I've noticed is because I push the issue when I can, I I try not to do it all the time because I can't stand the confrontation, but I do. When I want to get something done, I just go up to the people, and I've had times where, like um, when I was living before in Santa Rosa, there's a line formed, you know, and people are standing apart and the whole bit, and I'm kind of not paying that much attention to that, and when I reached the guy who was like a greeter in front of the store, they do this in a lot of the stores in Santa Rosa, you can't even get into the store without going through this greeter and they'll put like, it seems like the slowest mental person they have out there or some young girl. And, um, when I approached that person, I can tell that person doesn't like this rule either. You know, they've got this thing sort of halfway on halfway off. And I said, look, man, I'm not going to sacrifice my basic human rights. And he says something like, oh, I, I don't think we should be either. I, I, I mean, there's no evidence, you know, to back this up. Sheepishly, barely can hear what this guy's saying. And, and I notice when I do that, like a lot of people are in agreement. They're just way too wussified to speak right. up.
0: Well, I have a lot of practice. I mean, Mark Passio, he's so uh, fiery and
1: <laughs>
0: about it that it's just inspiring. I'm like, well, if he can do this for, for 10 or 15 years certainly I can do a little bit and not get in trouble or anything. You know, some people are worried about getting in trouble or losing their job or being the guy that is, um, doesn't fit in anymore.
1: Some of us um, are used to that anyway, right?
0: <laughs> maybe an confrontation, but I, it's good that you're talking to people in public. I do that too when I can, um, some of them, I feel like as far as the general public goes in the major cities, at this point some of them seem like they they seem like they're too far gone like some of them almost can't be helped but i'm not being overly negative you know it is possible to help anyone it's just when you see the forces that are working and the the uh quickness at which they're trying to implement all this lockdown and stuff and the mandatory vaccines they got planned and all their plans it seems like some people are not fast enough thinking they're not quick enough and they're not being exposed to the right information which you know is is our job to do you know but it just seems like they're gonna get a few people at the very least with this trap they're trying to suck everyone into you know and yeah there's always you're right and it's it's couldn't go that way but i'm open i would prefer it not to go that way but you know realistically it could or it could not but I just see a lot of people, uh, sucking it up and, uh, you know, almost like, uh, you're in a cult and, um, what is that saying they have? Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Well, they've, people have been drinking the Kool-Aid their whole life and Mm -hmm. it's going to stop now. At least some of them, maybe, maybe a lot more people are in fact, questioning just because it's getting so absurd.
1: No, I think um, you're right. Like it's, I'm not really trying to, in those situations, convince people, um, they need to change their opinion. It's yeah. more of like at those moments for me, it's a barometer of where people are at or a, a measurement, a temperature meter. And um, I've tried traveling around uh, my area because recently I moved. Partly because Santa Rosa, which is an hour north of San Francisco, is gotten so crazy that I can't even emotionally deal with it. Like I was finding myself getting furious on a daily basis, just driving around, looking out the window and seeing... You know two people sitting in a car wearing masks together or lines of people just it just seems like i'm surrounded by completely people that i don't want to have anything to do with anymore it's making me mad and so Mm -hmm. i was avoiding going to stores and because i don't really think i'm going to convince anyone or change anyone's mind in a moment like that maybe you give some little hint that makes them but people have to change themselves We cannot change people. All we can do is set an example. And so this, to me, is the way to do it Um, online, where we can carefully talk out something and record it, and then someone can have time to listen to it and think about it. You know, I think that's the only way people might realize.
0: I uh, I made on my library channel, at sign anarchy, I made a, a natural law guide that's got you know a summary of all the most important points uh for natural law and it's also got some of my own examples and my own thinking and a and a like i just updated it with a big section uh, about intellectual quote-unquote property and um the injustices that have taken place in the last you know 20-30 years trying to enforce things like uh the pirate you can't download with BitTorrent and just endless nonsense um, due to intellectual property, the idea that you can own an idea. And if anyone else ever expresses that idea, then you're justified in physically attacking them. So I kind of broke that down um, in the most recent update, which I posted a few days ago. But one thing I do is I print that guide out. And then when I'm talking to people, I'll do the same thing you do to take kind of like their temperature, you could say, and see how open they are and almost try to befriend certain people. And then whenever they seem to have a, at least a basic trust for me, then I'll uh, I'll give them the piece of paper. Or it's actually like uh, 20 pages total, but I'll, I'll hand them to them. And then uh, I've got a pretty good response that way. A lot of people take it home and read it.
1: Hmm. And
0: uh, yeah, it's a good example. Again, like you said, we got to be an example. Of...
1: Yeah, and having something physical you can give to someone, it's like, you put your energy into that, you know. What we'll kind of, you know, prick of a person isn't gonna at least say, "Hey, thanks for putting this energy and trying to help me." You know, it's like, right? Y- you spent the time and energy putting this together. That that's pretty cool. That's something yeah, you can do.
0: In, so far, it seems like I get a better response with the actual physical booklet than trying to tell them to go listen to my podcast and stuff. Hmm. So, podcast seems to be a useful tool for more almost like random people on the internet that you're not going to meet in person. But, you know, I've, I've had people that I've met in person comment on, you know, my podcast episodes. I've been doing it for probably three years now. Um, some nice. people, some people that I do know do listen and, and enjoy it and get a lot out of it too. So a lot of times people will listen and they just won't say anything. So you don't even know if they're listening. You don't have any idea who's listening, but mm-hmm you know, it's, it's if one person hears it, then you've casted a spell, and that, that spell takes root in their mind, and it has an effect on reality. So it's a great technology, like you're saying. You can mass spell cast, especially if you uh, get a big following. You know, like uh, what Mark Pasio's done is perfect example. You know, he can't really predict that someone like me specifically. He can he can predict that strangers are going to listen and, and and benefit from it, but he doesn't see the actual individuals he doesn't personally know them and he doesn't see the sort of downstream chaos kind of effects of, you know, me taking it in and then starting um, my own thing and you, you too, you know, so it, it has an unpredictable effect, but it's at the same time, paradoxically, it's also a little bit predictable based on what you say and what information you put on your podcast. And, you know, if you build it like he does with uh, all his art and his website and very, very serious about it. So He's having a, a really powerful effect, and he has been for a while. I actually met him three times in person in Philadelphia.
1: Wow, yeah, that's pretty com- cool.
0: Yeah, at those conferences, for your mind conferences. I
1: um, caught something you were saying. I was listening to your last um, on library, your last anarchy talk there. Um, it's number one. It was your most recent, I think.
0: I yeah, I put one out uh, actually just yesterday. It was called Intro to yeah, uh That was the law. one.
1: And you were talking a little bit about Mark on there. And um, I really related to that, too. And this is something I've discussed with a couple other people I've met through uh, What on Earth is Happening. And um, I don't like to think of myself as being um, a fanboy or someone who um, is all idolizing this hero. But um, I really do with What on Earth is Happening and Mark Passio because he's made such a major impression on my life. And there's nothing even close to what he's doing. You know, I've listened to hundreds of podcasts, and I take away a lot from a lot of them. And, and I could point out, you know, quite a few other people that have influenced me, but not the way he has. You know, of like the, that, that voice, the way he um, puts things, sometimes that motivates me to do things. I listen to him just to get myself through barriers, to toughen myself up.
0: Well, I'm I'm also born in August, uh, 15th. I think his birthday is on the 13th and I think that sort of Leo kind of I just resonate really well with him as a teacher, possibly due to, you know, astrological reasons. Hmm. Fiery kind of Leo, um, you know, alpha male kind of energy. I just kind of I it really I don't I don't even mind admitting that I'm a fanboy, but <laughs>
1: Well, you know what I'm saying cuz people take that the wrong way. They're like um, you're a, you're just you're, a follower. And, and that is the total opposite of the ideology, you know, the, I, the whole um, concept of natural law and anarchy. And um, what we're all about is being an individual, um, finding your own confidence, find your own inner voice, and finding the truth. And right, exactly. people are so stuck on this idea that, oh, so-and-so said so, or the authority said so. And um, so I think it's important for me to point out, even though uh, Mark Passio has been the guiding force for you and I and a lot of people that we're interacting with, um, it's, it's his words being right. in alignment with the truth that makes him so highlighted and so important to us, not the man himself. You know, he's got his exactly problems right. like everyone.
0: It's different than you know some other cult of personality or anything because he he puts the message out and then you take it in and then you he connects so many dots and he gets you on gets you to understand how reality is created in the first place and how the social engineers do it with their mass media brainwashing machine and then he's like look you can you can take all that down and cancel it all out but you have to get up and do something you have to get yeah. up and put the message out and be more powerful at doing that than they are otherwise they're gonna win and then then you think about that for a while and you're like yeah he's right i should i should you know that Mm -hmm. is works. so what am i not what am i why not just come contribute a little bit i mean otherwise you know i'm gonna feel guilty for not even doing anything while they're taking everyone's rights away so it's like it's not about him it's just about like do you want to be free or do you want to die in a police state like
1: yeah it's about you you know the listener you and that was the thing i really took away too he was the first so many shows and podcasts and like books i've listened to they're like here's the problem here's the problem here's the problem uh this guy did this this guy did this uh here's the council on foreign relations it was the bilderberg group you know um pointing out all these problems or just having interviews with other people that can explain these problems but very rare does anyone say okay what are we actually gonna do about it and mark is the only one that said no it's not just them it's you you know it's you listening it's you living the lifestyle you're living what do you do with your time you know it's what we all do with our time And the only person I've heard really pound that in and something I knew deep down that we live by example and we change the world by what we do you know not typing all this stuff and just hoping that someone else is going to fix it. Right.
0: Yeah, definitely. That that's the mind control that they've put out. Um, and I've been like really heavily psychoanalyzing average people, uh, you know, like my family members, for example. And one thing I was thinking of last night was that a lot of these people, they have been brainwashed their whole life into abandoning their personal responsibility to actually change anything in reality, other than their own little bubble. And a lot of them have these ego trip kind of addictive, you know, like they're used to that. And so rather than hearing something that's gonna motivate them or that's gonna shake up their little cage, their bottle, rattle their cage a little bit, they'd rather run away from that because they've got so many little ego trips that they're constantly doing. It's either they're gonna go out to eat, they're gonna go watch a movie, they're gonna go- Buy something. buy something and then that just never stops it's like an endless cycle and then for someone to come in and interrupt that and say hey you need to go you need to go and do something about this crazy huge problem that they've been brainwashed their whole life into thinking that they have no power to do anything about it and that government's got it and you know some some other activist has got it but not me my job in life is to just show up at work do the bare minimum and then go on my endless ego trip that you know is just a self-gratification kind of pleasure-seeking with no real meaning behind it, you know, other than you know, the instant kind of pleasure. That's where a lot of people are at, I think.
1: I think you're right, and um, I think the other aspect that, that's just been occurring to me is because I'm remembering, um, for me, I had this major, um, I've had a few in my life, two or three I can think of, but one of the ones that stands out the most is when I started looking into um, weather engineering, geoengineering. And um, that was back in 2012, 2013. And I had this major experience where like, you know, it took me months and months to get through it. I was acting kind of nutty, I'll admit, you know, I was trying to talk to everybody about it. I was obsessed, you know, I would spend hours and hours on the internet trying to really nail down why, how could it be that, you know, 99% of the people around me don't see this thing that's super obvious that seems, as far as I can see, to be truth, not just a story. Um, I'm looking at facts here. And it was such a mind-blowing thing that I went through a very difficult time in my life, um, not only mentally, but physically, too. So I think when you're asking someone to re-examine um, reality itself from the beginning, it's a it's a lot to ask. It. it someone's physiology, their body, their mind actually knows what you're asking them to do. It's a rebirth of sorts. And I think people's, even their physical form knows how painful that's going to be, especially if like you were saying, they've been going through these little pleasure seeking, you know, and and hiding feelings, you know. And then now you're asking, you got to open the floodgates and you're going to feel scared, you're going to feel alone, you're going to feel desperate. Danger. Not, and, and so I think subconsciously, not on the conscious level, but subconsciously, people know, I can't even go there. I can't even open that door. That's way too scary. And so before they even start running that program in their brain, they shut it down.
0: Yeah, yeah that's a good analysis. For the uh, chemtrail thing, it took me probably two to three years of observing them.
1: Mm-hmm. before
0: i was convinced 100 percent because i was like that is so over the top yeah right i was so over the top like a, a giant disaster that i was like well what it, i i just was like how it took me three years to really of researching it and then observing them before i was like yeah that's what's happening yeah <laughs> that's what's happening i mean I, I it's been happening my whole life and then somehow nobody knew about it but
1: I couldn't believe it. You know, it felt just like the movie The Matrix, you know, and I use that in some of the imagery and the podcast stuff I do on my YouTube videos, because that's exactly how I felt. Except for me, there was no there was no Morpheus. You know, there was no Trinity. There was no one to grab my hand. I was completely alone. All my best friends, people that I would looked up to, they called mm -hmm. me nuts and I mean, and it was hurtful it, it really hurt man it was painful and you
0: have to be the the uh, neo character or the morpheus character like we we as individuals have to step up and adopt that role because so many of the people who are close to us our entire life have never once stood up for anything like that and tried to do anything so right. you're right it's for like abandoned children and um
1: the lost tribe Definitely. I'm curious have you um you know you were talking about psychology of people you talk to um one thing Mark Placio talks a lot about is the different brain imbalances. i would be curious how you um what's your take on that how people work in their different hemispheres of the brain
0: well uh yeah i' i I'm actually very advanced at uh spiritual things for certain reasons I'm a plant medicine shaman you know um and it's it's it sounds kind of weird when someone just says that they're a plant medicine shaman. You're like, okay, well, what does that mean? You, you take a lot of drugs. I mean, in my case, um, when I, when I moved out of the last major city I was in, and I moved into Missouri, there was a, a church that I got hooked up with. That was a um, Native American church, and. They were had this special legal ability to uh, do peyote ceremonies and ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, so we would go out there as a group about once a month, and we would take heroic doses of peyote plant medicine, and which is kind of like a psychedelic, um, you know, consciousness developer. And uh, I, I went to I went to that for over two years straight, every single month and i even got certified wow. through the church to be a plant medicine like roadman and you know so like i can i can get it shipped to me at any time and i can uh, i can facilitate ceremonies for other people uh, through this church you know with and it was supposed to have some kind of legal protection not that you know anyone else doesn't already have that right or anything but the the point is is i've got a lot of experience with this psycho- psychological processing it's like the peyote it's able to speed it's like it slows time down, but also speeds it up to where it, at those ceremonies, sometimes it would feel like you were there for you know a thousand years or something hmm. because your brain would be going so fast. Your brain would be going so fast and everyone else's would be too. And, you, and then the, the vibe and the energy would be this extreme quick speed. And it would make you like, it would detox you physically and it would make you confront things in your life that, um, you know, needed to be confronted. It would somehow it had that ability to do that. It'd bring it to the surface and then you would sit there and just think about it endlessly for hours going this hyper speed thinking. So the point is though, um, I was able to um, really heal my left brain, right brain kind of divide, which is in, in connected to this male female divide in reality and I was able to really get in touch with feminine energy within myself to the point where I'm actually able to like shapeshift in a way into a female. And when I do it, my voice changes and my body doesn't change physically, but the energy behind it becomes feminine. And I'm able to really balance my energy that way. Whereas before I was always in that regard, male imbalanced. And so I was always needy and I was always needing things and really sad because I could never fulfill sexual desires and stuff. I actually figured out a way to completely satisfy myself just by running like mental simulation with an imaginary partner that is actually my female kind of like incarnate or in the mind it's, it's actually me that I'm simulating a, a kind of an experience with and I would start doing that it took about 25 or 30 of those peyote ceremonies before I, I healed enough to get to that level where I was able to fully integrate like my male female you know spiritual halves and um you know, but that's like an example of like left and right brain. And I can I can see a lot of tendencies with people in reality. Like it just came up again today where I was, I, I go and play frisbee now once a week or so. Uh, like ultimate frisbee, it's like kind of like soccer, but yeah, frisbee, yeah. yeah, it's a very active it's sport. Yeah. yeah. There was a, a lot of people there, and one of the teammates, one of the guys. Some of some of them are more kind of like I want to be the team captain, and they they'll sort of set the vibe for how the game's going to go. And they're like, well, we need to play man to man, where you're just stuck guarding one man, and everyone guards one man, and you just stay on that man, and you know that's how that's how the team as a whole is going to play defense. And I w- I was thinking about today when I was running right before the show, and I was like, yeah, that's kind of a left brain approach. There seems to be though, like sometimes I do better just like feeling my energy and then just going wherever my energy feels like going. And that's more of a right brain approach. And you know, if it was me and which, you know, it is me but if I wouldn't be out there telling people they have to guard that guy and they have to guard that guy. And I was like, well, that's kind of arbitrary. Why not just let people do whatever whatever they want? You might actually end up with a better result that way. And in a way, that's kind of like, almost like that Archon control, kind of like, you know, I'm the authority, I'm the team captain, you're going to do it. Just because I said so, that's the, because the team has to have this script that we all run. And that's very similar to kind of like the way government is structured, where people just assume someone has, there has to be this left brain, totally imbalanced, left brain way of doing everything. And government is for sure chronically Horribly left brain imbalanced to the point where people it overrides even people's left brain. Like it's so imbalanced that you know, and it's just like you have to do it this way. And it, and the, the way that they demand the you do it doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like people aren't even using their brain at all. It, it appears, but the left brain imbalance part of it is like everything has to be routine. It's got to have to happen at this time exactly. You all these people have to show up exactly at this time. You know, and we got to do that every single day, five days a week. And then you take two days off every time. There's no, you know, and if you break those rules, you're in trouble.
1: Yeah. And it tries to do this sort of common denominator thing where, oh, this is the one rule. Everybody's going to fit in this rule box. We're just going to spread this rule across everywhere, even though it doesn't make sense. Some, Some rules don't make sense in a small community where they might make more sense in a big community where there's lots of people. But, you know... Government's always just trying to say, "Oh, nope, this is just the rule. Everybody's going to follow it," which is yeah, like good ridiculous.
0: Example, you can't drink alcohol until you're 21. Like, okay,
1: but it no means, one really follows that stupid ass rule, right? Because it's stupid, because, like jaywalking yeah. or smoking cannabis. It's stupid, obvious,
0: yeah. right? And then what ends up happening is, well, well, you got some some little little boy who enjoys being the rule enforcer. And he happens to be a stickler for the rules, but it's really like sub, sub, hidden somewhere in his subconscious. He just wants to like be in charge and feel special or something, and feel like he's better than other people and that they need to listen to him. And he's like, no, you have to listen to me because that's the rules. And so certain people get like their personality, and their you know lack of spiritual development makes them ideal candidates to be these violent house slave rule enforcers. And so it's, you know, a big mess. Every individual's got their own issues. I mean, some people though, some people have moved past a lot, a big part of their issues. And, you know, I feel like I've actually accomplished a lot of moving past my kind of psychological traumas. And, you know, I actually am at the point now where I feel genuinely happy almost all the time even in spite of all of this crazy, you know, lockdowns and, and stuff, like like there's a lot of processing I have to do with it. Like this has been a pretty emotional year as far as all the crazy things that they're throwing at us. You know, so I, I definitely but I, I have this medicine on tap at all times. So anytime I start feeling like there's something that needs to come to the surface, I can just take that peyote and then it'll just bubble up real fast and I'll process it in an hour and I'll be like, I'll be past it, and I'll be feeling happy again. Whereas people who don't have that resource, you know, um, especially if they've if they've got toxic habits instead, and they just don't meditate, or they don't look inward, or they don't contemplate, and they're not honest with themselves in general, it, it makes it a lot easier for people to get stuck in these ruts and these downward spirals emotionally. Where, you know, in order to get themselves out of this downward emotional spiral of, you know emotional trauma that they've built up for years and years it's like that would take uh, a lot of you know introspection and when people have the the full-time job and all the pressure that you know government again is putting on everyone it just like people get this hopeless kind of lost you know glazed over look in their eye where they're just suffering horribly inside and
1: thanks for taking out this episode hope you enjoyed go on over to endevil.life to find part two and hear the rest of this awesome interview. And endevil.life is also full of awesome podcasts, presentations, and other great information for you to check out. Have a great one.